Hey, it's Nelson. And this is Monica. Welcome to the Seattle Foodie Podcast, the show where we talk about the Seattle food scene and the people and businesses behind it. We eat all the food and share our insights with you. Thanks for joining us today. Let's get to it. Hey, Monica, saw that you just got back from Kent. So my main question to you is, did you go to Jollibee since Kent is so close to South Center Tukwila? Oh my God. I can't believe you got my number. Um, <laughs> you know, you did not. You're so close. I was going to text you. I was like, make sure you go to Jollibee because you're right next door to South Center. Yeah, no, totally. That was the plan coming home. But for some reason, my son made some plans at someone else's house and we had to pick him up. And honestly, the line at Jollibee on a Sunday is kind of long. And so I didn't see how we could make it happen. So I knew you're going to ask. <laughs> so no, I didn't stop. And I was just like, so upset about that. But nope, no Jollibee for me. I guess it's just not meant to be. Hmm. Oh, not meant to be. You're so close. I you know. say you never go out there. I know. Yeah. Oh, well. I, I didn't stop at Popeye's either. I passed two of those. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just like, I didn't want to set myself up for disappointment. I'm just like, should I go to Popeye's and see if they have that spicy chicken sandwich in them all? You know what? With my luck, they won't have it. And then I'll just be all mad and ruin the trip. So I'm not going to go. <laughs> There's no more Isn't lines there? anymore. Are though. you sure? I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't want to chance it, so I didn't go. So no fried chicken this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> so how was Kent? Um, it was a lot of fun. Uh, it's the first time that I spent like you know a, a whole day there, and it was jam packed. And you know, there's a lot of interesting food there. It's just sometimes it takes a while, right? And and I like that it's all pretty close together, whether it's in downtown Kent or just on you know outer area at Kent Station or what have you. I really liked some of the community art, and so I'll be posting more about that. But um, people were really nice and really friendly. Um, I spent a long time at Airways Brewing uh, last night talking to um, a new friend, Adam. So um, that was a lot of fun. And the beer was so delicious, Nelson. Yeah, I saw you went to Asadero out yeah. there. One of, yeah, I probably did. My, my favorite restaurant out in Kent. The, the only reason, not the only reason, but one of the <laughs> only reasons I would go out to Kent is to go eat there because Asadero is really good. Totally. And you see, I didn't mess around. I didn't get carne asada or anything like that. I got like this thick chunk of meat <laughs> yeah you did i saw that it, it was 14 ounces of meat it was a lot were you still i don't know if you were in washington when they had the show almost live it's like a saturday live spoof but they talked about seattle and all in the greater seattle area were you were you there when were you in seattle when they had that show i was um but i think it overlapped because i somehow remember watching it in portland too hmm yeah, it was on syndication on Comedy mm -hmm. Central for a little mm -hmm. bit, but I just don't think it caught on because people nationally didn't understand Seattle jokes. But <laughs> the, uh, the the running joke, just like in Ballard, where nobody could understand Ballard because it's all all Norwegian accents. <laughs> uh, in Kent, in Kent, they always said that Kent smells. But who's laughing now, Kent? Huh? Kent is like this booming city now. It so. Is. I meant, I meant to say, who's laughing now almost live? Not who's laughing now, Kent. <laughs> who's laughing now? <laughs> yeah, I was just like, wait, what? Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. No, no the city of Kent cool. has like all the showware center and it's it's like a booming city. It's a lot, lot of lot of things going on in there. Yeah, I had fun. I even went, I went to showware too. I was like, wow, it's kind of yeah. cool. 
Nice. Yeah, I saw you caught T-Birds game. Cool. Mm -hmm. Sounds like a fun time. It was. All right. Well, this is episode 62, Seattle Footy Podcast. She is Monica. I am Nelson. We have a lot of recaps. We're going to get right into it because just two events because the Thanksgiving holiday season is coming around. So there tend to not be as many events going around, but we did our fair share of eating and drinking around Seattle this week, Monica. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a lot of it. I mean, but but you know, you had you had a lot of events, Nelson. <laughs> yeah, I did. I, I had a I few. I, it, yeah. Thursday was a little crazy, starting at nine a.m. with us, and mm -hmm. um, but you know, and then ending around ten thirty. Mm -hmm. That was like a that was a thirteen hour day. That was crazy. But <laughs> hey, it is what it is. But mm -hmm. um, Monica, why don't you get it? Why don't you get us started? Yeah, I'll get us started with what got us out of bed and actually in Edmonds at nine o'clock in the morning. So earlier last week, uh, Chef Hans from Market Fishmonger and Eatery invited you and I, Nelson, to have a taste of something special he was cooking up with golden king crab provided by Keyport. And Keyport is a supplier of crab that's headquartered in Edmonds. I didn't know they were in Edmonds. And uh, guys, before you get too excited, these items are not available on the menu. But Nelson, you and I got a behind-the-scenes look at preparation of Singaporean chili crab, pan-fried buns, and a fall salad. Uh, what did you think about that, Nelson? Oh, loved it. I haven't had Singaporean chili crab since I was in Singapore, maybe two, three years ago. I, mm -hmm. I believe it's, I think it's three years ago. So when he made that, I was like, Ooh, okay. Yeah. But chef Hans always makes good stuff. I mean, yeah, he's yeah. always making good stuff. And market fishmonger is one of our favorite restaurants in the mm -hmm. Seattle area, in mm -hmm. the Seattle area. We always talk about it. We love going there and uh, a lot of people, they're starting to go there now and check it out. They've always been going there, but um, they did have a fall salad on the menu. I saw Monica, but I don't think they did. They had, <laughs> I don't think they had it with the golden crab in it though. No. Yeah. So I just wanted to be sure our listeners know, like, don't, don't be all mad and try to go over the stuff that we, we ate. It was actually just a special thing for that day that we're doing behind the scenes. So yeah, no, I, uh, I love that there was persimmon in the salad that we had. So I, I actually bought some persimmons while I was at the fruit stand this weekend. So pretty excited. Nice. Uh, Nelson, you know, Chef Hans always likes to throw a few virginical oysters at us too. So uh, that's, that's one of the things that he loves. And like you said, that's one of our favorite restaurants. So guys, if you love seafood, be sure to check out both Market, Fishmonger, and Keyport. I, I've been learning a little bit more about them. And so really interested to hear more because I'm a lover of King Crab. And I'm a lover of Deadliest Catch. <laughs> and I had no idea one of their crab boats was on season one of the Deadliest Catch until they told us. I was like, that's so cool. I'm going to have to go back and watch season one again. But, I know, I yeah, heard that. Really cool. I thought, <laughs> The, the people of Keyport were really nice, really fun. I mean, guys got to follow their Instagram because their video of what they were doing at the market fishmonger mm -hmm. is going to be awesome. We were, mm -hmm. I was just in awe of all the video equipment and the shots that he was doing. It's going to be a fantastic video that they're going to produce. Oh yeah. It's going to be good for sure. Uh, Nelson, uh, what else did we do last week? So this isn't last week, but we missed it. It was two weeks ago, okay. but it just opened last week though. And I'm talking about the notorious RGB. Oh, wait, that's RBG, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. <laughs> <laughs> so have you seen that movie yet? Ruth, the R notorious RGB? I, I don't know. I, I don't know about you. Okay. 
Monica, you you know us. We're we're kind of liberal here in Seattle, and I'm a big fan of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. But mm-hmm. um, anyway, moving on. Let's talk about Rachel's ginger beer. <laughs> Rachel's ginger beer has just opened up another location right across from Jeff Bezos' Amazon Spheres. They opened this past Wednesday, and fear not, Monica. There's also a Mayono fried chicken here as well. Monica, you and I got to check out the new spot, kind of got a little sneak preview. I'm happy I can finally get some RGB in the South Lake Union. And that was, I, I can get a chicken sandwich, grab maybe like a peach or passion fruit. That's kind of, those are my two favorite. And uh, spicy pineapple, that's another good one too. Mm-hmm. I can get all the ginger beers. I can drink all the ginger beers. Forever. I can drink all the ginger long. beers. <laughs> no, I agree with you. Um, you know, I work downtown. And I have to say, like, sometimes when I get a fried chicken craving, it's just not going anywhere. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. there's not a whole lot of options. So having Maona there, uh, just a short walk or bus ride away from my office is amazing. So congratulations, mm-hmm. Rachel. Yes, congratulations. It's going to be awesome. I'm excited. Now all they need is an east side Rachel's ginger beer, Monica. Then I can finally <laughs> buy the growler and just go to the east side and just fill that thing up. <laughs> Well, you never know. All kinds of stuff is happening out there. You know what we need? We need growlers for like boba tea. (laughs) (laughs) Boba growler. Um, Maybe, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Let's, let's workshop that. Let's workshop. (laughs) We'll work on that concept a little. All right. Throw me another recap. What else you got for us? Let's see. There was, oh, we got another preview, Nelson. It was the opening of Locust Wines in Pioneer Square. So along with offering flights of wine, which a lot of places do, they offer bite-sized food pairings to go along with them. So, you know, I like to eat all kinds of food with wine. And so it's not like wine pairings are a new thing. I think one of the things that I loved about this is just the way that each bite was composed. Uh, So even though you and I were there, um, we actually didn't talk to each other very much during the event, but uh, we got to choose wherever we sat, we got to choose the different wine pairings and flights. So we didn't necessarily have the same thing. For, for my flight, my favorite bite was this eggplant caprese with mozzarella, tomato, basil, balsamic, and olive oil. And that paired really well with the red that I was having. Uh, what did you have, Nelson? Monica, I had the Rones, which mm. uh, that, that was what they called it. Mm. And my favorite bite was probably that wild mushroom risotto with, with Parmesan and parsley oil. Oh, that mm. was a good one. That came with the second, which was from the 2050 Locust Nord. Yeah. The wines were really tasty. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, they're a little bit on the lighter side, mm-hmm. but I, you know me, because I like Pinots, I do like lighter reds. So yeah, yeah. So I got to try some of that as well as the Locust Keller Syrah. That one really stood out too as well for me in my mm-hmm. tasting flight. I loved it. I loved doing that whole little spoonful of bite mm-hmm. with the with the wine. It, it changes the complexion of the taste with the wine mm-hmm. and the food. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you're talking about that Nord. Um, I was hanging out with Justin Oba that night, and he could not stop raving about the Nord. He had to have, mm-hmm. you know, more than one yeah. taste of that one. And and I agree with you. The lines are the wines are on the little bit of a lighter side, but I like that, and and so I like a more light, a lighter sort of drinkable uh, wine. So I enjoyed it very much. So you guys, yes. Locust Wines opened up on November seventeenth, uh, which was Saturday. So be sure to check it out. It's a perfect location, just right across from London Plain and Pioneer mm-hmm. Square. Great for anything, like after work, if happy hour, as well as before football games or after football games or Sounders games or any type of event. It's it's a good time. Okay, Monica, I have another recap for you. 
<laughs> another preview, I guess. <laughs> we were at Salumi and the new Salumi location this past Wednesday. And we we're out here in Pioneer Square for the Made in Washington Northwest Charcuterie Collection. Monica, there was a giant, and I mean giant, charcuterie platter. <laughs> this is, I don't even know how to, it's not a platter. How do you, how do you, what do you call it? Like just this wood block that's yeah, what, six feet long? <laughs> you know, it's just like, not six feet, probably like four feet long. Was it four feet? Because I don't know, when I was describing it to people, I was like, it was like the seven foot long board. <laughs> <laughs> So, so if it was like four, I was like, was it four feet? Because I feel like, you know, that's, you know, it's kind of around my height. And I felt like it was much longer than that. <laughs> I think we're just keep embellishing. It's, it's, it's probably 20 feet by now. I, I know really it's like twice. It was like a 20 foot charcuterie <laughs> board. And then like, it would just automatically replenish its own meat and stuff. Like you take one away yeah. and just pop up again. <laughs> Oh. Anyway, guys, this giant board was designed by Lauren Co of Local Kitchen, who appeared in last episode that we talked about. It took her two hours to create it. Make sure you go to her IG stories for her highlights to check out how she assembled it. It was kind of cool. She did kind of a time lapse. Mm -hmm. The ultimate charcuterie collection from Made in Washington includes sea bear wild salmon, traditional and BSB smoked salmon, the signature salmon locks, the salumi coral original and mole salami that they you can find in stores now. Features flagship cheese, shallot mustard from Tom Douglas, girl meets dirt plum preserve, and truffle infused almonds from Recipe 33. Mm -hmm. Holy cow, Monica, partridge in a pear tree. They had <laughs> everything. They had it all on that board. Yeah. It was so beautifully designed. It it looked like a a giant road, right? It kind of, okay, it reminded me of like the Wizard of Oz yellow brick <laughs> yeah. road with like things around it. It was so cool. It was so neatly designed. It was. When I showed it to people, like, I'm just like, check this out. They're just like, holy crap, are those like huge pieces of fish? Is that like a piece of, is that like a filet of fish on there? And I'm all, actually, it's like, I don't know, like 30 pieces of fish, I guess. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so amazing. Yeah. Amazing. That was a fun night. Got to do, got to try out a lot of stuff. I haven't been to that Salumi since they moved from that original spot. Mm -hmm. Just, just a couple, just a couple blocks down. So I'm gonna need to come back for them. But the good news is I can go to my local grocery store anywhere, probably like PCC or Metropolitan Market, and pick up the coral salami. It's mm -hmm. I'm finally glad that they they packaged their salumi salami, especially the mole. The mole is always my favorite. Yeah, uh, I've always got the mole sandwich at salumi, and um, I can finally get it and just just buy one piece and just one log and just gnaw on it for an hour. <laughs> so. I know. You know what's funny is when you say that, I'm just like, yeah, bro, yeah. Because <laughs> me too. I just, <laughs> I'm so glad that you can just get a piece of meat now and just like cut it up and like eat it for lunch. Oh, I don't cut it up. I just eat it with my, <laughs> just eat it. I just eat it. Me just too, but I was trying to appear ladylike for the audience. <laughs> I didn't want to seem too, you know, rough. <laughs> No, I get you. I'm, I'm right there with you. Now, if you guys want to purchase the Northwest Charcuterie Collection, you can get it at MadeInWashington.com or any of the Made in Washington stores. Mm -hmm. All right, Monica. Oh, tell us about the. We got some. We got some kitchen pans. Tell mm -hmm. us about it. Well, Nelson, you know I'm always trying to, and you're always trying to support local businesses as well. So, Abio is a Seattle-based company that makes cookware. So I've been using their product for about two months now, and I love it. 
So in my house, we cook daily and the nonstick pans are really well made. I, I think even just from the beginning, like picking it up, it has such a nice weight to it. I've been so disappointed with stainless, uh, with the nonstick pans in the past where they wear out or they say they're nonstick, but they're not. And, and this one is really interesting. Like I haven't had any problems with it. It's been two months and it's like a three ply construction and that makes for better heat distribution. And as a home cook, that really matters to me that, that the pan is evenly heated and that my food is cooking properly and not bunching up anywhere. What have you thought so far, Nelson? I have to agree with you, Monica. It is a very sturdy and mm -hmm. heavy duty type pan. I got, I got the largest pan that they have, mm -hmm. the same one that you have. And yeah, I haven't put up any stories yet. You'll probably see them later this week. So check them, check out my stories earlier in the week. But one of my tests that I always do, because they always say nonstick pans, right? Nonstick. And it's like, mm -hmm. well, what, to what degree is nonstick? What do they mean by nonstick? So one of the tests I always do is I, I crack eggs and just cook them on the eggs and see how they slide off of the pan. Mm -hmm. These ones slid off right away. So yeah, <laughs> they are nonstick. Definitely really, really true nonstick pans. Totally. I love it. And, you know, I've cooked, I cooked a lot of different things on it. So I've done everywhere, like fried noodles and fried rice. I've um, done steak and just like you, eggs. And, and I do the same test as well. And I think the biggest test for me was cooking like a sticky caramelized, like marinated chicken thigh because there's a lot of fat in it. So I like, marinated something for like two days and then cooked it on there. and got all this stuck on stuff on it. And then I was wondering, well, how's it going to clean up? Because that's also a problem. A lot of times people damage cookware by cleanup, like they're scrubbing it with things that they shouldn't be scrubbing it with and i tell you like cleanup is a breeze it's it's pretty ridiculous it just like comes right off <laughs> in the kitchen <laughs> so um i've paid hundreds of dollars for nonstick cookware before and been disappointed but you know i'm pretty sure i'm going to be buying these from now on nice yeah i just i like it they're very good i uh i've only cooked it on once i i did a tofu stir fry because i've been doing more vegetarian cooking at home mm -hmm. uh, not vegan vegetarian so <laughs> um yeah, lots of lots of stuff like that. It's been it's been quite good. I like it. Yeah, and awesome. I, I'm I want to try it. Fried rice. I'm, I might try some fried rice, but yeah. Oh, I can't do spam fried rice, but um, mm. maybe I'll do maybe I'll buy some. Uh, I'll do I'll I'll do an alternative. Maybe maybe do some chorizo or something like that. I don't know. What, oh, that's soy really rizo. Soy rizo. Oh, Sorry, so oh, so oh, okay. Doesn't sound that good now. <laughs> Ch chorizo sounded good. So no, rizo, soy not rizo. So good. Soy no. rizo. No. <laughs> Try to trick me, Nelson. <laughs> I'm still eating meat. I'm still eating meat. <laughs> I'm still eating meat too, but vegetarians are people too. Vegetarian <laughs> vegans and vegetarians are people too, Monica. I know, I'm sorry. I'm coming off that 14 ounce cut of wagyu and I can't <laughs> I, I need meat. <laughs> <laughs> thank you again abio cookware it's it's a great product make sure you guys mm -hmm. check them out and uh, we'll leave some stories and uh put a link on our po on one of the posts that we'll have this week mm -hmm. sure. okay monica on to the events again like i told you there's not a lot of events during the holiday season so but there is one and i'll tell you about it gobble up i've never mm -hmm. i haven't heard of this until two friends of mine that I met at America's Test Kitchen told me about it. For the third straight year, all things Thanksgiving and the holidays, of course, will be at Magnuson Park Hangar 30 for Urban Craft Uprisings Gobble Up this Saturday. It's from November 23rd from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. This specialty food show will have over 100 craft food and beverage vendors. 
There'll be cooking demos, kitchenware, tons of food and beverages to sample, and so much more. You can go to eventbrite.com, Monica, to register, and the admission is free. So mm -hmm. just go ahead and register so they have a, a number count so that they mm -hmm. know what to expect. Monica, I haven't been there. Have you been to Gobble Up before? Oh, yeah. I uh, registered on Eventbrite like two months ago. Oh, nice. Okay. <laughs> but, but this year, they're actually having one in Portland, too. So I was thinking about going down there and also going to the Portland one just to meet some makers and get in on the game because mm -hmm. it's a great event here in Seattle. So what are, what are we expecting from there? What, what, what did you expect from the past shows? I think, well, like you said, it's only the third year. Um, I'm just aligned with Urban Craft Uprising. So what I know is that they they often curate and collect just some of the best makers around. So I'm looking for things that I buy for other folks as gifts. And, and so that's, you know, things like cutesy kitchen towels or like cute ceramic dishes or uh, food gifts as well. So that's what I like. I like that, you know, I'm not much of a crafter at home anymore, even though I used to be, but mm -hmm. I really like that feel. Not that there's anything wrong with commercial production of products, but, but sort of, I like to get it closer to the source. And um, it's also a way for me to try really new food products. If there are any, because they might, there might be people there who are sampling things that I haven't tasted before. And so usually for, for these, um, they, they can get pretty busy. So I try to get there early in the day, run through, you know, do what I need to do and then leave. Um, I've been there at peak times and I just, you know, me and crowds, and I'm just not down with that. So, but th it's a lot of fun. Sounds good. I might have to check this out because, yeah. you know, for some reason I'm thinking like, oh yeah, gobble up. It's it's all Thanksgiving stuff. Yeah. So <laughs> We're just tasting turkeys all day. With, <laughs> yeah, basting turkeys and gravy and um, stuffing. I don't know. I don't have no idea what to expect, but no, no, I get it. Like holiday gift ideas and craft yeah. ideas is perfect. Yeah, awesome. for sure. Okay, Monica, how, tell us about your event that you have. Yeah, my event is one that's close to, to our hearts because you and I have experienced uh, something similar before. On Thursday, November 21st, from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m., Bell's Pastries will be hosting a French macaron workshop at La Rev. Each student will be able to bake and take home a dozen of assorted macarons, recipes, and instructions so they can make them at home. So Nelson, it's been a while, but you and I went to a galette making class before with Val and uh, we had a great time. And I have to say, this one sounds like fun because like I order the macaron sometimes, the seasonal ones that she sends out as part of the club. And like, I'm just like, maybe I should learn how to make these myself, <laughs> but I don't know. I just haven't done it yet. The macaron class is always her most, one of her most popular classes. They sell yeah. out fast. So mm -hmm. you guys got to make sure you get on there, but it's a lot of fun. She, she always makes it so whimsical and her macarons are always top notch. I, in yeah. fact, I had a macaron at uh, central district ice cream cause they, she was doing, using some of her macarons for mm -hmm. ice cream sandwiches. And man, I don't know what, it, I don't know how, what macaron it was. It was like some unicorn colored macaron with <laughs> this purple and and gold dust and rainbow color. It was amazing. So yeah, I love, love, love her macarons. They're, they're always to die for. So you got the Fruity Pebbles macaron. <laughs> no, it wasn't a Fruity Pebbles. I no, call it color. a unicorn. I don't know a what unicorn. it is. It's something, a unicorn color. I don't know what it is. I don't, know, I don't even know what a unicorn color looks like. But, yeah, rainbow color. They're just really beautiful. That's awesome. And yes, you mentioned that you get, sometimes you, you get her, um, the macaron, yeah, month, the month club, yeah. The month club, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, does she have like a holiday one coming up? 
You know, I didn't order uh, this last batch, but uh, most of the time, honestly, when I order them, I have them shipped to other people. So like yeah. one time I ordered and had it shipped to my brother and just kind of surprised him because he's he's a macaron fan. Nice. Um, I, I think the one to get, though, if you guys are going to like splurge and get these, the one to get is the Halloween one. So you have to wait till next year for this one. But that yeah. one's really fun. Well, you've never sent me a macaron month club to me, Monica. So I don't know what they taste like. Hint, hint. Yeah, no, I got it. <laughs> I got it. I got it. You put it out there and I caught it. I got it, Nelson. <laughs> I got it. Good. Yeah, I got it. Threw it out yeah. in the internet sphere and uh, yep. someone I, grabbed I received, it. Great. I received it. I received it. It's <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Okay. All right, no. Monica. Like I said, there's only two events this week. Not, nothing too big. Maybe take some time to spend time with your family. Mm-hmm. Do some Thanksgiving shopping before... It all gets crazy next week. Maybe I'm going to get my, I'm going to get my turkeys this week. So just let you know. (laughs) Just to let you know. (laughs) (laughs) We do have a big segment we're going to talk about. And I held off this recap because we're going to, this whole ties into our interview. So Monica, over the three day weekend, you and I earlier in the week got to go to visit soy again in Capitol Hill. Now mm-hmm. back in February, we got the chance to check out their check out soy for their brunch, but now we're back for their cow soy specials mm-hmm. and chef Yui Weiberg has created this beloved Chiang Mai curry noodle soup, three different ways. And we got to try them out this week was the green curry cow soy, but from November 18th to the 24th, they will be serving the cow soy saiua with their soy house-made curry sausage filled with chili, shallot, kaffir lime leaf, and lemongrass. And for the week of the 25th to December 2nd, this one's the big one. It's the pan-fried crab cow soy, if you want to check Mm. that out to see what they look like. I just posted several pics earlier this week on my Instagram. Monica, I think my favorite was probably has to be the green cow soy. But what Mm. was yours? Oh, you know, my favorite one is the one with the sausage. Yeah, the suyu. Yeah, that lemongrass sausage. Oh my gosh, it was so good. Which is good because you and I like different things, which means we could just like hog the ones that we wanted instead of being like, <laughs> no, you have some. No, you have some. Um, loved it. But I, I've got to go back for that crab one. So I'm trying to figure out when I'm going to run up there and get some. All right, guys, for the next two weeks, they're running different specials. So you can grab the special and then the week after you can grab that pan fried crab cow soy Mm -hmm. it's really good yeah now which leads us into our interview for today huh yes interesting yes so this interview for this week is the co-owner and half chef yui weiberg like i mentioned before of soy on capitol hill chef yui talks about her start as a chef back in thailand and we also talk about how soy makes such unique thai food focusing on thailand's north Eastern region of Isarn. Monica, here's our interview with Chef Yui. Hey everybody, we're here today with head chef and co-owner Yui Weiborg, uh, Soy Capital Hill, and just want to welcome you to the show. Such an honor for you to be here with us today. Thank you, I'm glad to be here as well. Thank you so much. Let's go ahead and get started. Chef Yui, we always ask, whenever we're interviewing chefs, we're always asked this first question. How did you get started as a chef? When I live in Thailand, my mom owned the Isan restaurant. We have a turn for the chef to come in and out very, very often. So until the point that my mom said that you need to learn how to cook because we cannot depend on somebody else on your business. So, and then I start to learn how to be a chef when I'm 10 years old. Oh, wow. <laughs> that is like, I know, it's like 
so young for me, but we have to do for the family business. In the beginning, honestly, I just want to having fun just like a lot of kids. But after I'm in the business, I feel like I love it without my mom pushing me. Mm -hmm. So I like I so enjoy when the customer compliments like, oh, who made this dish? Oh, it's so good. I'll come back and then buy some food from us two or three times a week. That is the most amazing feelings for me. That's how I start to be a chef. Okay, so were they surprised to see how young you were when, when they said like, who I made know. this? And then you're just yeah. like, <laughs> Well, I'm not like the, so I start with like a helper. Mm -hmm. So cut vegetable, right. clean the vegetable, clean the dishes, and then real chef when I'm 12, mm -hmm. like stand and then cook some food. Mm -hmm. Of course, over there, you, you can work whenever you, yeah. you know, how young they, mm -hmm. they don't have, you know, the law. So there's no age limit. There. No, there, yeah, yeah not, not over there, mm -hmm. yeah. So Chef Yui, you mentioned uh, just a minute ago Isan Thai. And so tell us a little bit about the concept behind soy. What makes soy different in terms of Thai food that people might not be able to get other places in Seattle? So for me, like 20 years ago when I came to U.S., I see a lot of Thai restaurants. Of course, like when you in the restaurant business background, you interested what they serve the customer here. So I feel like a lot of Thai restaurants at that time, probably like 99% that they serve Thai food from the central, like Pad Thai, Pad Si mm -hmm. Red Curry, Green Curry. That food is not from the Northeast where I grow up. So I have to end up make my own food at home. So I cook Isan food at home because nobody offer. When I have an opportunity to own the restaurant, I feel like right now the customer, they get knowledge about Thai food. And then I want to present where I come from that not only part Thai, we have a lot of good food. Yeah. So that's why we start soy and then to serve the Northeast for the Thai food. So like a lot of barbecue, a lot of salad, lamb juice, fish sauce. So that's what we, we serve in, in as soy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the customer seem like they, because they know it, that you cannot fooling around that, <laughs> you know, like, oh, this is Thai food and put ketchup in or something. No, right. they, mm -hmm. they know it. I, I'm going to ask you this question. Pad Thai, what goes into a good Pad Thai then? Like you said, there's not, no ketchup. People put ketchup in it, and, and I think you mentioned vinegar too earlier on, but what actually goes into like a good pad thai? Pad thai, the two main ingredients for the sauce is palm sugar mm -hmm. and the tamarind paste. So both of them, that is combination, is very good. Yeah. So tamarind is sour, but in that sour, is different than the vinegar sour. Mm -hmm. It's like a my sour mm -hmm. like a sweet and sour in the same time uh -huh. and then the tum palm sugar that's combined with the tamarind paste it's make more smoother and i think it's better for pad thai and that's original in thailand we use too okay. yeah mm -hmm. i appreciate that because I've, I've been to thailand in the past on vacation and just visiting coming back here i mean soy is very unique because like you said you have a lot of dishes that are a lot different than the i'm quoting general thai restaurants around seattle or even in the united states because like you said they're serving like pad siu and uh, pad thai and all just mm -hmm. the regular main thai dishes and so coming here and looking at your menu it's really very unique so i really like mm -hmm. and enjoy that 
like you said, there's different dishes that I was like, oh, I've never had this. Mm-hmm. Or I haven't had this in a while since going to Thailand, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. I'd, I'd agree with that. I'm from Hawaii, and growing up, I didn't have a lot of Thai food options. So really, my exposure to Thai food has happened on the West Coast, in Portland and in Seattle. And it's so funny because that first impression of trying multiple different places is like, oh, I don't really like Pad Thai. <laughs> and I remember um, the first time I actually came to Soy, I actually chose it for my birthday brunch because it's some place that had been on my list for a long time. This was years ago. And um, I fell in love with it. So I just brought one of my friends and her family. They were visiting from Hawaii because I know they don't have good Thai food there. And um, they loved it, of course, because it's... It's different, and, and so appreciate having this as an option to, to feed my family and friends. Oh, thank you. For me, like, for soy, a lot of Thai restaurants, they do a good job. Like, I'm not saying I don't like Pad Thai or I defend Pad Thai or Pasi or anything, mm-hmm. but I just feel like more variety for the customer, yeah. you know, and then some knowledge for the customer. Yeah. And soy, we, the place that not many, I don't know if have anyone or not, but... I have to do some research of that, but a few, few, maybe none, that they offer Thai brunch. Right. A lot of people, they probably don't know, like, what is Thai brunch? <laughs> what the people in Thailand we eat for brunch? Right. You know? So right. that's, I think we pretty much bring another experience for the customer, too, that this is that what Thai people eat for brunch, like a Kai Kata, you know, mm-hmm. like... This is brunch thing that we eat or kongji. Mm-hmm. It seems like my Chinese, but in Thailand we we eat right. that as the breakfast yes. also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and seem like customer they they really like yeah. brunch mm-hmm. as yeah. Yeah, see, it's just unique and I like it. Talking about soy, what's in store in the future for you guys? Like what, like in the near future and also beyond that? Right now we do a facial for khao soy mm-hmm. because. We seem like the customer, they love our khao soy. So my khao soy is different than a lot of restaurants because this is like my own recipe. So if you go to Thailand, the khao soy is from the north, but I'm from the northeast. So my khao soy is more spicy and more flavor. So we feel like we're going to do something different than just a regular khao soy. So this week we offer green khao soy so they have a bunch of spice in the green curry mm-hmm. so they based on the green curry so and we do as a khao soy version and next week we have the soy sausage of course we make our own sauces we call sai ua mm-hmm. it's like a spicy a bunch of herb sauces so we're gonna do khao soy with that sausage and then the last week that is like one of dish that i'm so proud to present this dish is the stir-fried khao soy. So a lot of places, when they think about khao soy, they think about soup, coconut milk, about broth. But what we do that we use as a stir-fried version, but all ingredients is the same that you put in khao soy. And then we choose the crab meat mm-hmm. to be mm-hmm. uh, special for that dish. That's what we plan to do for this month. So first of all, for our listeners, short version, khao soy is a noodle curry soup. And Chef Yui just got done telling us of some different takes on it. And I'm so excited, especially about that crab one. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, let's see. So thinking about all the things that you've done already at soy, what are some ingredients or new ideas that you have uh, that you haven't been able to try yet for, for menu items? 
if you or if somebody from Thailand and if they say that I'm come from the northeast, that means you eat a lot of random animal, okay. <laughs> like uh, chicken fish, uh -huh. frogs, and you know, so yeah. or some bugs. I mean, it's mm -hmm. so for us, it's just a food, you know. So I want to try out to see that how the customer think about that dish. I think it's special, it's unique, and it's so common for us to eat there. Mm -hmm. So maybe in the future, I plan to put on a special menu to see how the customer like. I think it's great for the appetizer to drink with a cocktail, mm -hmm. or to eat with a cocktail or drink with beer. I think it's going to be amazing. <laughs> yeah. I've I've had chicken feet with beer, so <laughs> yeah. there's, there's, there's nothing wrong with yeah. that. Yeah, a lot of collagen yeah. too. And, and, yeah. and, and, and frog legs taste like chicken. Yeah, you know, let's just be honest. Yeah, and remember, yeah. like let's remember, back in the day, mainstream was not about oxtail. Now oxtail is so expensive. Oh, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. That was exactly. our food. Yes, and the cow so tongue. Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh my beef God. Tongue. Yeah, beef tongue. Yeah, yeah. yeah, beef tongue. Yes, like expensive. But mm -hmm. I have a lot of dish in my mind that I can do with a beef tongue. Who know? One of these days it might be special. Yeah. And you not you might not know if this is the tongue that I eat. You know? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I think it's good to taste. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We're almost near the end of this, our interview. This question always stumps all the chefs, but so <laughs> don't be alarmed. But we always ask, because it's the Seattle Foodie Podcast, what are we eating? Which means, what are some places that you like to go in Seattle that you like to eat that's other restaurants? Uh, besides Thai food, I like Japanese food. Mm -hmm. So I usually take my shape very often to go to uh, Umi restaurant at a it's in Belltown. In Belltown, yes. Saki House. Yes, yeah, that's in Belltown. That's what the same like the chef mm -hmm. uh, really like that restaurant, including me. Okay. So we always have a good time to go there. What What's good there? What do you like to order? Oh there? my goodness, so many, you know, so many dishes. So I like uh, sushi that they have, but mm -hmm. I like the fried version. Okay. So for oh. me, also okay. non traditional. Not, yes, yes, okay. the fried. So rolls. Okay. The roll, yeah, yeah, the roll. And then uh, they also have pokey. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think, yes. So that is pretty good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Nice. So aside from eating out, sometimes this is easier for chefs to answer is, you know, what are some of the things that you like to make at home? I love a lot of salad and barbecue. So I often do like a fish, like a barbecue fish, like the whole fish with the everything is on. Uh -huh. And then I do like put the lemon glass, galanga, kaffa lamb leaves stuck inside the fish and then put a bunch of sea salt all over and then barbecue it. And oh. then I make a to serve with papaya salad. That's like traditional food for Isan mm -hmm. girl. So we yeah. eat a lot of salad. Is it yeah. very spicy? I love very spicy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very like, ooh. <laughs> yes, that's what I like to make at home. It seems like, we always talk about this on the interviews, but it seems like chefs always like to make salads. Right? <laughs> Every <laughs> chef is like, Every I chef at home is like, salads. I just make a salad. I'm like, okay. It's like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like I work Sometimes it's 10 to 12 hours mm -hmm. in the restaurant. And when i at home, I don't want to like full option to cook something. Mm -hmm. When I think that I can cook at the restaurant and then I can share for my employee mm -hmm. or for my 
customer to test out. I yeah. think it's more fun just to do full option for myself at yeah. home. So that's why barbecue and salad, that's yeah. what I like to that's do. perfect. Yes. All right. Well, thank you so much, Chef Yui. This wonderful interview. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Yes. Thank you for having me. Thank you. And that's our interview with Chef Yui Weiberg of Soy. Nelson, guess what? You're getting some east side action. Finally, it's about time. It's about time we get some good stuff on the east side. I, yeah, it's about time. Uh, Soy is going to be opening in Kirkland in 2020. It's going to be at Kirkland Urban, and there's lots of stuff going on out there, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Shake Shack's already out there. Tutabella is going to be having something with the QFC there. They're going to have their little... They're going to be having, I think they're serving pizzas maybe in the QFC with through Tutabella. And then now they have soy coming out next year in 2020. Oh my gosh. Wait, Tutabella is selling their pizza at QFC. That's awesome. Yeah. They have a counter service. They're going to have a counter service there pretty soon oh. too. Yeah. That's a lot. You know, I'm going to wait till that place fills up and then I'll come out and check it out. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. Just, you can just come over and visit me in the East side. That's fine. You can just do that. But I don't know why you have to wait, but <laughs> <laughs> because I like to travel and do like a full day worth of eating. <laughs> now, Yui is so nice. Um, I love her so much. Um, she just, she's, I just love talking to her and I love hearing about her food and her techniques. Yeah. I've, I'm still shocked by how, how early it, she started cooking. I mean, yeah, just cutting up vegetables. <laughs> I think when I was that young, I, didn't even touch a knife so just so i've never touched a knife at that age so yeah um yeah it's just it's just amazing absolutely it is it is and i also had a chance to go down to uh, another restaurant owned co-owned by yui and, and gay weiberg it's uh banyan tree in kent and so <laughs> i went to try out the food down there as well and they had some really great roti and some great stir fries and the fried tofu was amazing so, <laughs> so yeah sounds a lot different from the soy menu yeah, it is. And that's kind of one of the things that she was saying about, um, you know, different locations sometimes and understanding what um, what the people want in different areas. And I think that's what keeps people relevant. So that's amazing. All right, Monica, that's pretty much our show for tonight. Thanksgiving's coming up. We are toying around with another Thanksgiving episode, but um, I don't know. I'm not sure what we're going to do. We're going to have to talk about it through email and, and text for this upcoming week. Mm -hmm. For sure. Thanksgiving means nonstop eating and friends and family, of course. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's just that's just secondary. Friends and family is just secondary. I'll be, let's be honest. I'm I'm here for the green bean casserole and the stuffing <laughs> without raisins in it, as well as the turkey. Of course, it's the turkey. I can't wait. If if I'm at any Friendsgiving gatherings with you, I'm just gonna carry like a box full of raisins and like oh like slash gosh. slash the pot when I'm walking by. <laughs> Is that it's bad? supposed to be sage? It's supposed to be sage stuffing or savory <laughs> stuffing. For the love of God, why are people putting cranberries and golden raisins in their damn stuffing? Don't do it, people. <laughs> just don't do it. You don't need the sweetness to it to the stuffing. I'll be giving you raisin surprises everywhere. <laughs> I just, I just can't handle it. I just can't do it. I can't do it. Oh, okay. Just, 
the worst the worst when they do that <laughs> i think i just lost like four invitations from friendsgivings and thanksgivings because you're just like um this guy's really particular with this stuffing i know like, this guy sounds really picky i feel like he's not gonna be happy with anything that i bring yeah oh <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, I'm looking forward to Thanksgiving. Like I mentioned, I'm gonna pick up a couple turkeys, probably cook a couple for Friendsgiving, and probably cook one for myself just just for leftovers, not for Thanksgiving. But um, I'll have another turkey for Thanksgiving. But yeah, I'm excited. This is the best time. This is the best time to cook them up. Yep, love it. Well, that's our show for today, everyone. Thank you so much for listening, and happy eating, Seattle. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe for future episodes and leave us a five-star rating and review on whichever platform you're listening on. In the meantime, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Seattle Foodie Podcast and on Twitter at Seattle Food Pod. You can also email us at Seattle Foodie Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks again, and we hope you enjoy the Seattle Foodie Podcast.